Now streaming only on Disney+. Plus. My name is Taylor. Welcome to the Eras Tour. Experience Taylor Swift's record-breaking Eras Tour. Swift, the Eras Tour, Taylor's version, with four additional acoustic songs. Now streaming only on Disney Plus. Hey guys, welcome back to Thick and Thin with me, Katie Bilotti, and today. On the podcast, ugh, love is in the air yet again. Last week, we discussed online dating, dating apps, things like that, and the history behind them, where they came from, their conception, how they've evolved, things like that. And today, we're doing part two, which is about the psychology behind dating, first dates, things like that, the anxieties that arise, why they do, why we have this need to be accepted, things like that. We're going to get deep. But keep it light at the same time. I have some horror stories I'm going to read to you guys, some personal things I'm going to discuss. It's going to be a good episode. So sit back, relax, listen, or I guess I don't know what you're doing. I usually walk when I listen to podcasts. Like I use it as something to like get me through my my mom walks in the morning. I love my mom walks. I do. But some mornings I just don't want to get out of bed and I'm like doing this thing where I move my body five days a week. Like I every single or not every single day. So Saturday, Sunday, I kind of take the day off, I guess, or take the weekend off. So Monday through Friday, I get myself up and moving in some way, shape or form each day. And so Mondays and Fridays are my long mom walks. I like walk for like four miles or so. And I always have to pop in a podcast or something because music alone just does not motivate me as much as a podcast. It's very weird. I kind of lose myself with the podcast. So Anyway, that was a tangent. I'm going to get into today's episode, which is about dating, not about mom walks. So let's get into it. And I feel like, you know, I think we should start this off with a song. I'm not going to sing it. (laughs) I promise you I will not sing it. I will not ruin your vibe. But I really just felt it was appropriate to discuss a song in the beginning of this episode. And it's Blink-182, First Date. One of my favorite pump-up songs, I listen to this still to this day when I'm getting ready to go out. And honestly, it really just gets you in the mood. And I I Googled the lyrics to the song because obviously I know every single word when I'm like screaming it in a dive bar or at a party or something. But I haven't like ever sat back and read the lyrics to a Blink-182 song. Like I, I guess maybe other people have that are like diehard fans, but I haven't read the lyrics to this song until today. And guys, it's deep, okay? (laughs) Or it's not deep, but I, okay, I'm just going to read it a few little lines and I want you to keep those, like tuck them in your back pocket for a later discussion and it'll all make sense, okay? So here's the song. (laughs) It's kind of like a, a poem. In the car, I just can't wait to pick you up on our very first date. Is it cool if I hold your hand? Is it wrong if I think it's lame to dance? Do you like my stupid hair? Would you guess that I didn't know what to wear? I'm just scared of what you'll think. You make me nervous, so I really can't eat. Which really does not rhyme now that I'm like thinking about it. Think and eat. Like, what were they thinking? But anyway, bad rhyming aside, still a great song. Still obviously one of those songs that like everyone knows. Um, But it's just so relatable though, all of those lines, because those are the things that really do 
go through a person's head when they're gearing up to go on a date. And even if you're someone that goes on a lot of dates, I, I mean, personally, I think I do probably go on a lot of dates in like the grand scheme of of people my age. I genuinely like dating. I enjoy meeting new people. I am one of those people that like will like date multiple people at once, like kind of like a, I mean, not like serious with multiple people, but like go on multiple dates with multiple different people, like in a few weeks span. Like I don't like put all my eggs in one basket, mainly because I'm just, I like meeting people. I genuinely do. I like sitting back. I like maybe like a small part of me just like sitting across the table from someone and like analyzing them psychologically. <laughs> like I really like hearing people talk about themselves or their lives and making inferences based on what they say and like wonder why they are the way they are. Like my mind wanders in that way. And I really enjoy talking to people genuinely. I really love making a point to see a different person at, as much as I can, like nearly every day, girls and guys, like people I'm interested in romantically and beyond. But not everyone is like that. I will say, though, even though I do like, I enjoy dating and meeting people, even in non-romantic contexts, I get nervous before. I really do. Like, even though I genuinely enjoy it when I'm there and afterwards I reflect fondly on it and I'm like very happy that I went on the date or whatever, I get nervous before. I even get that kind of pre- walking into a store anxiety where I I get nervous. I think I said this on a recent episode where I'm about to walk in somewhere like a small mom and pop shop or like just any place where I feel like I, I'm kind of in foreign territory. I don't really know exactly where I am or what to do. Like any situation like that, I get super nervous. And it's really just for the sake of myself. Like I feel as though like I'm worried that I will not be understood by whoever I'm meeting or that I won't be liked or people will think a certain way of me or things like that. And I, you know, I, for a long time, beat myself up about this. And I thought that I was the only person that felt this way. And truly I'm not. And I have a lot of interesting things that I found while surfing the internet about why I feel this way, why many of us feel this way. Get this anxiety bubbling up in us before we're about to do something that involves meeting someone for the first time. Like why are first dates, first meets, why are they so darn stressful? Is it a human thing? And spoiler alert, it is. So we're going to get into that today. Um, but honestly, I think that a lot of my personal stress that comes along with first dates or just first meetings of any of any you know way shape or form i think a lot of my personal stress comes from past events and just the way that things have gone in the past a lot of times i have gone on i mean i've gone on a lot of dates i've gone on dates that i thought were really great only to find that i you know i did everything right in terms of like you know things that you're that you do to have a successful first date which we'll get into but I thought that I did everything right and yet still like something, it just fizzled out or I felt it wasn't reciprocated, things like that. And so I get really nervous now. I'm like, so is it just like me? Is it me? Like, can I just do everything right and still things won't pan out? And I get like super cynical about it and stressed. And honestly, it's like a swirling of emotions all kind of stemming from past 
situations. I've also been on just flat out bad dates where it's just like pulling teeth. It's so awkward, so uncomfortable. I'm dying to leave. And so that also just like pops in my brain. And so I feel like, like I'm wondering, I'm trying to trace my steps back to my first ever date. And obviously it was like just a long, long, long while ago. And I don't really remember the details. I don't even remember like who it was probably with. Like I'm trying to think. And I wonder like if my stress before that date was comparable to today. I mean, granted, when you're going on the the first of all dates, like your first date ever in your life, like however old you are when that happens or whatever, you have nothing to compare it to really. You have all that you've seen on TV and in movies and that's it. And now we have all that we see on TV and in movies, but also our past experiences and our friends' past experiences and random strangers on the internet's past experiences. And so we just get so freaking nervous. And you know what? I I thought that in the beginning of the episode, I would read through some of your worst dating stories and we're going to find a silver lining in each of these, okay? I know some of them are probably like it's going to be hard, but I'm challenging us to see the silver lining in bad dates, okay? Even if you go on a date and it's the worst thing ever and you never want to see the person ever again, you want to forget that it even happened, there's still a silver lining, okay? There is. And it's usually a personal thing. It's usually an internal thing. So I'm going to read through some of these stories you guys graciously sent me via DM. It's all going to be anonymous. And we're going to talk about it. We're really starting things off with a bang, literally. This is what one of you guys wrote me. Everything was going good, and we decided to, mm-hmm, which the sparkles around it, she wrote. So I assume she means have sex or something intimate. And when it was over, he said, I have a confession, which these words alone, guys, would make me, I don't even know, I'd probably like have a heart attack or my heart would sink into my butt, into the floor, something like that. I mean, like anything along the lines of like, I have to tell you something, we have to talk, I have a confession, I am triggered. So, okay, I have a confession, this guy says to this girl, I'm not who you think I am. Again. Oh my God, I watch way too much Criminal Minds for this. Like I would, I don't even know what would happen. Okay, I'm not who you think I am, he says. Of course, I'm so confused. And I proceeded to ask him to elaborate. He said he had a twin brother and they decided to trade dates last minute to try something new. (laughs) Oh my God, I'd be so livid. So it turns out she was messaging the other brother the entire time, like the other one, not the one that she went on a date with. So she ended up, I mean, at least he confessed. I mean, I guess he could have just never confessed, but like ultimately, okay, let me read the rest of it. It'll make more sense. So basically she says, so the guy that I was messaging the whole time was a whole different brother. To make things worse, as I was trying to make a dash for it, he said he was happy this happened and he was falling for me. So he probably (laughs) had to tell her because if he's seeing a future with her, he's like, oh, snap, she's going to find out either now and laugh it off or find out down the road and like that's going to be a chaotic situation. Either way, don't know. I'm sure this guy like halfway through was like, oh crap, this girl's never going to want to see me again. Like I've dug myself a deep hole. I mean, truly guys, what did what did this guy think was going to happen? Like did he just think that this is going to be like a one and done, a funny joke with his brother? Like did he even have any like any concept of like this could go well and I would want to maybe do it again and I have to be honest with her. Like, did this ever cross his mind? Like, what was he thinking was going to happen? That's my question. 
men, honestly. I guess I'll never understand because I'm not a twin, like how these things work or like if if it'd be like thrilling to do something like this. But gosh, I just like I can't even like remotely deceive people. I get so stressed. Like I I really cannot lie without like extreme stress. So I don't know how this guy did it, but okay. Silver lining to get back to the concept that we're, we're going for here. Silver lining here. I mean, she says at the end, never dating twins again. I mean, she did nothing wrong in this situation. Like she just went into it optimistically. So there's really nothing that she could have done to prevent this from happening. But I guess silver lining makes an interesting story. That's for sure. She has a story and she has a lesson. I mean, it's, Always with every hookup, guys, I've said this before and I really stand by this. It's either love or a lesson every time. And this lesson, a little unclear to me, I guess, just like always be skeptical of people. (laughs) I'm like literally always skeptical of people. And so far, it's kind of helped me a little bit. Um, Granted, I run into some roadblocks being skeptical and I'm like kind of cynical sometimes. But I think, yeah, it's either love or a lesson. And that's what I, I assume she got from this. Yeah, never dating twins again, she says. Okay, that's a lesson. All right, next dating app horror story. This is a catfish nightmare. That is what she started off with in all caps. Catfish nightmare colon. All right, here we go. Hey, Katie, I saw your post about dating app horror stories. And girl, do I have a catfish story for you. My junior year of college, I was studying architecture abroad in London. First of all, sounds amazing. The program was pretty intense, so I decided to download Tinder in hopes of meeting a cute British guy. Totally would as well, girlfriend. Okay. Well, I matched with a guy named Dylan. He was 24, had just graduated from Oxford, 6'3", and an avid rugby player. Even better, he lived in a flat very close to where I was going to uni. We hit it off right away, and after some back and forth, he asked for my number. Being a huge fan of Catfish, the TV show, I made sure to add him on Snapchat to see if he was real before we met up, got a couple of selfies from him, and he totally seemed to check out. Fast forward to the day we were supposed to grab coffee. It was the day of a big critique for me, and I was running about 15 minutes late. He texted me as I was walking to the coffee shop and said, hey, if you don't recognize me, I'm in a gray shirt. I thought to myself, hmm, why wouldn't I recognize someone if I've seen half a dozen photos of them, and I've seen them on Snapchat. Well, it set off some red flags, and I decided to enter the coffee shop through a side entrance, hoping to get a glimpse at him before introductions. Smart girl. Know the entrances, know the exits. That's a smart girl. Okay. There was barely anyone in the coffee shop except for an old ass man around 65 years old wearing, you guessed it, a gray shirt, and conveniently waiting at a coffee table with two cups. I booked it out of the coffee shop and ducked into the first tube station to get back to my flat in shortage. Meanwhile, he was blowing up my phone saying he was so disappointed that I didn't show. The next day, I told him I knew he wasn't Dylan, and he responded and said, well, those photos are half mine. Turns out he was using his son's photo whose name is actually Daniel, in hopes to pick up girls. After that experience, I deleted all of my dating apps because I was paranoid about more catfishing old men. I mean, I'm no stranger to having crazy stories from abroad. Like when I was studying abroad in Italy, I have countless like really crazy, interesting stories. But that that really takes the cake. Oh my God. I 
I don't know if I'd be able to recover from that story. So yeah, I guess silver lining. I mean, you have a story to tell. You are now more skeptical of people. And you also learn that sometimes, guys, you can be the most prepared person ever. You can, you know, get their Snapchat, make sure they are who they say they are, get photos from them. But truly, you really have to let go of of an element of, of preparedness when you're going on a date. And yeah, sometimes it can end up like this or like the twin story where something just unexpected is thrown your way. But that is the risk that we take when we go on dates. And it's just wild when you like sit back and you you hear these stories of, of successful dating app situations where someone meets their fiance or their, their baby daddy or whatever. They meet someone that actually ends up working out on a dating app and it's like magical and butterflies and sunshines and all the things. And then you, you sit there and you're like, but wait, like why, why does like things like this happen? If like magical things happen, why, why do also the horror stories exist? And it's, it's really hard to say, but for the most part, the one thing that all dating app dates and blind dates or things of this nature have in common is you're really just, you're taking a risk. You're really going out on a limb, having expectations without much control. And truly, guys, I think the reason, kind of the psychology, the reason why we feel so anxious, so nervous, so obsessed with very minor details before a date, it's a mix of of anxiety. It's a mix of curiosity. It's a mix of wondering what could be, wondering how bad this could possibly go, how great this could possibly go. But mostly, like at the forefront of it all, it's, it's a a lack of control. It's a lack of preparedness because with dating, it really doesn't matter how prepared you are with the perfect outfit, the perfect hair, the perfect bar, perfect restaurant. It can literally, it can still crash and burn because it's not fully up to us. It's a 50-50 affair. If the other person isn't into it, isn't who they say they are, isn't a million things, your preparedness, like how prepared you are, how pretty you are, how how well-dressed you are, it doesn't matter. And so, yeah, I mean, we do it. We, we, we try again. We get back up. We give it another go. I was actually DMing the girl, one of the girls from the previous stories, and she was saying, like, I still, you know, I, I've gotten back into it. I'm still going on dates from dating apps. Like, I've healed from my trauma. And it's refreshing to see that because you just, you get back up, you try again, or you don't. And either way, it's fine. But it's like I said earlier, it's either love or it's a lesson every single date. So I hope I didn't uh, make you guys too nervous <laughs> with the the two stories I just shared. I have some more stories I'll probably share later. But those are two that really stuck out to me as being one of those lack of control situations. And when I feel nervous, anxious, any of the things, it's usually due to a lack of control, a lack of knowing what happens next. It's completely out of my hands. It's one of those things where you can work as hard as you possibly can and you know put as many hours as you possibly can into it and it still could not pan out. And I guess a lot of things are like that. It's like if you want to have a successful this is the first thing that came to mind, like TikTok career or Instagram or like just having followers on a platform, you can put in the most possible work and hours and all these things. And someone can post two videos and shoot to fame in five seconds. And it's just like so inexplicable. It's a very hard word to say. It's very hard to pinpoint like 
what makes a viral video, what makes a viral situation. But it's also very difficult to pinpoint like what makes a connection. Like you can go on a million dates and still never meet like, you know, for years and years and years, not meet your person. And I actually was like thinking the other day, I was like sitting on the train just thinking and I'm like, what if like I'm not going to meet my like the love of my life until I'm 32 and I'm sitting here at 25 and I'm just like busting my butt trying to like meet these people. And like, it's just not even going to happen until 32. So why am I wasting all this time? Why am I getting ready for dates and buying new clothes and like doing all this stuff? And I mean, I guess in the, in the grand scheme, like no one knows when no one knows a lot of things, many things about their life, but we, we try, we do it anyway, because in getting ourselves out there and trying new things and going on dates and having the apps and all the things we are, we are finding silver linings in each story. We are getting something from it. We're gaining something. And I was telling my friend Adam this last night, I'm going to get into more of our conversation later, but we were talking and, you know, he was like, well, like what's, what's all the effort for? Like, if it's just going to continuously be bad dates or like just nothing's going to come of it. Like, what's the point? I'd rather be at home watching Netflix or we'd rather be eating ice cream or like just on a date us too, which like he's gay. So obviously not my desired situation, but we, we love just going out just the two of us. And he's like, well, I'd just rather do this. And I'm like, yes, but like, I mean, there's a reason we do it. We, there's a reason why. And I mean, I think the the bulk of it has to do with human connection, but also kind of self or just validation, I guess, justification of ourselves. We want to be seen and heard and understood. And we kind of see, at least on social media and with our parents' generations and whatever, that the ultimate form of being seen and heard and understood is marriage and having, or or just maybe not even marriage, but just like having someone who's like, who's proud of you enough, who sees you, understands you enough to be like, you are my person. You are my girlfriend. You are my boyfriend. You are my wife. Things like that. So it's kind of two-prong. And just with nervousness and with the, the emotions that really run high before a date, like I said, it's a few different things. It's anxiety clashing with curiosity. It's a lack of control. It's a lack of preparedness. But how I kind of you know, shift the narrative a bit to help me before a date, kind of a little tidbit of advice for you guys. I try to lean mostly into the curiosity angle more than I do the anxious one. Just kind of, you know, there's the one where it's like the anxious lacking any fragment of control. It's like me freaking out, just running around my apartment, spazzing like 30 minutes before a date. But I try to shift the way that I think. Obviously, a lot of situations are bettered by you shifting your perspective, by you sitting with yourself for a moment and maybe just think a little bit more optimistically, not just assume everything's going to crash and burn because we do that. And I just try to lean into the curiosity more. Like I'm curious about this person. I'm curious what will be. I'm wondering what could happen from here. I really let my sense of wonder take over my optimism. It can either be, like I said, love, or a lesson, or a story, or a reminder of what I really do want or what I really don't want in a person. It's just another moment in my process of illumination. Like, what do I want in a person? So yeah. Okay. Let's bring ourselves back down to earth. We've heard some horror stories. We've talked about curiosities and wonders and all the things. 
Let's remind ourselves, though, like I said earlier, that the true reason, the human connection element, the true reason for our nervousness before meeting a new person, either romantically, even in a friendship sense, why I get nervous sometimes before I walk into a store, like just the overall nervousness that we get with social situations, there is a real reason for it. And it's very, it's a very fundamental human reason. So it kind of all does go back to our deeper rooted human nature and history. So we're going to talk about that. Obviously, you guys know I can't go a single episode of the podcast without talking about some form of history. It is kind of like our new bread and butter on thick and thin, or I say new, it's been like a year. Um, But yeah, I'm going to get into it. So I'll have this article linked in the show notes where I got this information from, but it was really eye-opening to me. So we're going to talk about being liked because at the root of all of this, if we go back to the very start of our conversation with that Blink-182 song, like half of the the lines in the song, like half of what we care about, what we think about before a date and all the nervousness that surrounds it kind of all leans into the idea that we just want to be liked. We want to be seen. We want to be understood. And all of these things are actually fundamental human needs. Being liked is a fundamental human need. According to Roger Coven, he's a PhD, he's a clinical psychologist, and he wrote this book called The Need to Be Liked. And in the book, Coven says that our need for social acceptance grew out of our desire to physically survive. At one point in history, as we've discussed in the pod before, you know, we had to build shelter, find food, defend ourselves every single day. It was all a lot easier to do as a team, as a group, as a a tribe. So to join a successful crew that survives, you either had to have a skill that would benefit the group or be just generally well-liked by people in the group, well-liked enough to be kept around. Like if you were injured and irritable and you know, there's a a higher chance that you're going to be left out in the cold by the tribe. Like, we don't need you. You bring nothing to the table, like things like that. And so being likable was, and I suppose still is, a survival skill. Finding a mate, also a survival skill. And both of them are kind of hand in hand linked because ultimately, I mean, there are other reasons that you, especially in older times, you would find a mate based on family, based on health, based on things like that. But also, you had to be remotely likable because otherwise, you know, who knows what would happen to you (laughs) in your marriage if you weren't likable. So our brains haven't really caught up to the fact, this is the article I'm reading from, that we're not defending ourselves from wild animals anymore. So we continue to people please. In other words, we are hardwired to seek acceptance and avoid rejection. So it's very hard to shake this. It's really very much so embedded in our human biology, deep in our human instinct, to want to be liked. Hence, our nervousness leading up to a first date. Will they like me? Like, that's often at just the forefront of my brain. Like, will I say something stupid? Will I, will I, will I? I is like constantly involved in all of these pre-date anxieties because I am generally, genuinely, not generally, I guess generally and genuinely, so anxious about being like, I want to be liked. I really need to be liked because, I mean, we've all been through things in our lives where we were rejected at some point, at some, you know, some way, shape or form. I'm pretty convinced that everyone's had even a minor rejection. Obviously, people have had 
larger, smaller, medium-sized rejections in their lives, but everyone knows at least what it's like or what the, the situation is surrounding rejection. And no one wants to feel that. Obviously, it's an uncomfortable sensation. And so we do anything we can to prepare ourselves because if we kind of psych ourselves out and are like, oh, this is going to probably go badly, we think we're preparing ourselves for to kind of like break the fall of the rejection and make it hurt a little bit less. But in doing so, we're psyching ourselves out in the worst possible way. We are causing ourselves to chalk the date up as a failure before it's even had a chance to be not a failure. So we're kind of limiting ourselves, you know? But yeah, I want to read you guys some of your reasons why you're nervous before a first date. I asked you guys on Instagram to submit your reasons, and a lot of them are super interesting, so I'm going to read those to you now. Also, before I asked you guys specifically why you were nervous, I said before a date, do you get nervous? And 95% of you guys that participated said yes, only 5% said no. I think they're lying, but you know, teach their own. So here are some reasons why some of you guys get nervous before a date. Um, someone says, what if you don't have anything to talk about? What if they're not cute or what if they're cute and amazing, but they just don't like you and it's obvious. I'm nervous that the guy will expect something of me sexually, afraid that I won't act like myself because I'm not relaxed. I'm nervous about my safety and if they're going to be the version of them that I've chatted with. If I don't know them at all, I get that feeling of why am I doing this? Um, I want to make a good impression. And I have a fear of being judged by others negatively. I said, again, like the question is, do you get nervous before a first date? And if so, why? And someone says, just because. <laughs> Honestly, amen. Like sometimes I don't even know why I'm nervous. I all the time feel certain emotions and I'm like, why? What the heck? Where did this come from? Um, okay. Someone says, because the thought of them losing interest is terrifying and exhausting. So this is really relevant because I've had it before in, in personal situations where I've talked to a guy, I've done the thing where I'm like pen palling before the date. Like I'm just like chatting with them via text or via a dating app or something for maybe like even up to a week before I actually see them. And then we go on the date and then the communication starts to fizzle. And I'm like, oh no, like was I a disappointment to them or like, yeah, we're like they disappointed when we went on the date. Like, and usually it has nothing to do with that. Usually it's honestly, people get more comfortable with you. So they talk to you maybe less sometimes. They're like, oh, like I don't need to constantly be in like check in and make sure that she doesn't forget me, things like that. So I always read into things like that. I'm I'm the worst. Like I always just assume before I know. But I guess a lot of people do that. <laughs> okay. More responses. I'm scared to embarrass myself. What if I'm not the expected or what they expected to show up? Um, I'm afraid that I'm going to say something that I shouldn't have. I'm afraid of awkward silences. I'm afraid of getting rejected. I'm afraid that my photos misrepresent myself. Um, the newness of it all, the awkwardness, afraid of being awkward or running out of things to talk about. I always want to be the best version of myself. And a lot of times the best version takes extreme effort. I'm always nervous that I won't measure up to what they expect based on my photos. I'm always nervous someone will think I don't look like my photos. Oh my God. It's like literally every single one I'm hearing. I, I, I. It's 
really astounding. Like all of these, most of these, okay, not all of them. Some of them are like, I'm afraid they're a serial killer, which again, me. A lot of these have to do with our own criticism, our own, our self-criticism, our own lack of confidence in ourselves. And we think it's us. We think we are the reason that something could go wrong. It's like we hold everything in our hands. Like it's all up to us. We forget there's another person involved sometimes. Well, I mean, granted, we're nervous about what they have to say about us or what they have to what they think about us. If we look at our photos, things like that, we wonder what they're thinking, but it all goes back to us. Like we think that we are the reason why maybe there's not a second date. Like it's always our fault. And that, oh my God, so many things wrong with that. And honestly, I mean, reading these kind of makes me feel a little bit better about my own nervousness. Honestly, I hope reading them to you guys is helpful because just knowing that other people feel this way, like even though I kind of deep down, I always know that other people must feel this way. Having it confirmed is is helpful because it does, it just makes you feel seen, okay? Which like I said earlier, is important to us. And at the end of the day, we have to realize, like I said earlier also, like there's a reason why we feel this way, why we, why we think that we're the problem. I mean, it's a lack of confidence sometimes, but we are just so focused on being liked and it's not only just from romantic partners or potential romantic partners. It's also just in regular life situations we want to be liked. Like I even go to the grocery store to Whole Foods and I want the person checking me out to like me. Like I want them to smile at me. Like I when when they do, I feel like I've won the lottery. Why do I feel like that? Why do I want this person to know that I'm like a good person? Like I'm literally at Whole Foods. Like why do I need to be validated. Or even at the coffee shop, like I go to the same coffee shop Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday after my workouts. And I could have literally jumped to the moon, touched the stars the day that the barista remembered my name and my order. Like why? Why do we want to feel so seen? Why do we want to be liked enough, likable enough for someone to remember us? Just why do we feel this way? Why do we also seek the absolute bare minimum from people? Like someone remembering our name or remembering, like, why are those details? Like, yes, I've won the lottery. And it all has to do with our human desire, human need that is like so hardwired into our nature to want to be liked, to want to be loved, to want to be seen, to want to be validated. We want all these things because it was quite literally for so many years a matter of life or death. It was a survival skill. It was either you survive or you don't. You get left out in the cold and the tribe abandons you if you're not well-liked. So it literally is something that dates back years and years and years. And knowing this, identifying this, like realizing when I'm in my flurry of nervousness 30 minutes before I'm meeting someone at a bar for a date, reminding myself that it's just me being human. It's not me being crazy. It's me being human. It really helps me, honestly. And so I hope that if you are gearing up to go on a date with a significant other, potential significant other, or even just seeing a new friend or meeting someone from social media, or I don't know, just like going somewhere new, just remind yourself that you're not crazy. You're just human. Okay. Your humanity is showing (laughs) and that's not embarrassing. So that is really the bulk of the conversation that I wanted to have in this episode, but I wanted to just float something your way. Um, towards the end here that it just has been bugging me, nagging me. I don't have a real like answer to it yet slash like I haven't really found anything psychologically based to go along with this, but just kind of a thought that I wanted to float your way. And I want you guys to think about it, chew on it, wonder if this happens to you, think about it, 
Uh, maybe DM me if you guys have any like hypotheses or like reasons or concepts. I don't even know. Do your do your worst, okay? So essentially, I was at dinner last night with Adam. And for context, I always just say like Adam. I say my friends' names, and I assume you guys know who I'm talking about. Adam is my gay best friend. He is my GBF. We actually met in high school, but we weren't close. He was actually part of like the cool crowd, and I was not. And he was actually friends. Fun fact: he was friends with the people that bullied me. He never actually bullied me. But he never like stood up for me either. But also he was going through his own stuff. He was in the closet for all of high school. So anyway, we go way back. We both had high school traumas to go through. We we both just have a lot in common and we are best friends. And so we hang out all the time. But specifically Monday nights are like kind of our time where we do our like little dinners, just us two and like catch up and things like that. Um, and so last night we were meeting up per usual at Soho House and we were just chatting about all things love life because it often does come up. He's been on some dates recently. So have I. So we were kind of just like giving each other the lowdown on our recent situation. And we both kind of had this eureka moment or I guess eureka is the wrong word, but this moment where we're like, wait a second, we're both kind of going through the same thing right now. And I was trying to pinpoint like a phrase or a word to kind of describe this this feeling that we both have after a few first dates or like one in particular for me, one or two in particular for him. And I kind of landed on the post first date blur, either a blur or a fog, a haze, something kind of like (laughs) creepy about it. It's like, okay, I go on this first date And afterwards, I'm like sitting with myself the next day and I'm like, you know, people are obviously asking a lot of times your friends are like, so how was it? And you're like, you don't really know what to say. You're like, wow, I'm kind of in a a fog right now. Like, I don't know if I mean, I'm assuming it was good because it's like if it wasn't bad, I assume it's good. But like, what if I'm just like, I don't know what to say. Like, it's not like even like a meh. It's like more like a, a, a haze or a fog. And for a while, I was like, okay, if I'm kind of like indifferent about it like does that mean that it just like it's it wasn't like a a spark it wasn't a butterfly's instant connection and Adam and I were talking about this last night and I was like so if I feel that way after a first date like it wasn't bad it was good maybe not spectacular like does that mean like do I go on a second date or like does that tell me that it wasn't like it wasn't two plus date material because it was just like okay. And I could be using my time to go on a date with someone spectacular. And I was like, you know what? I think that's horrible thinking because I think people can be redeemed. And also first dates are kind of awkward in general. It's like the first time having sex with someone. It's like always kind of awkward until you break that barrier and get to the point where you're comfortable and things like that. And he, you know, we were kind of like on different sides of this. Like, is it an instant connection? Like are first impressions most important? Like, do you think someone can change from like the first date? And I'm I'm just totally in the camp that like you can, but I'm also in the camp that there is this thing called the post first date blur. It's it's a fog, it's a haze, it's whatever it is, but it's that weird spot where you're like, I can't decide if it was good or not. <laughs> and I just wondered, like, do other people feel this way? Where it's like, okay, was this a good idea? Was this a good date? Or am I just like relieved that nothing went horribly wrong? Like, am I just like so grateful? to the universe that nothing went wrong that I'm like, wow, it was a great date. Like, it's crazy to me. So anyway, I actually, fun fact, had an experience 
two and a half years ago. Like I was in my old Hell's Kitchen apartment at this time. Like I always kind of gauge like where I was in life based on my apartment because I've moved every year since I graduated. Not something to be proud of. I'm like not happy about it. But anyway, when I was back in my Hell's Kitchen apartment, this was two and a half years ago. I just moved to New York. This was like, I guess I'd moved to New York in like June, I want to say, of 2018. Yes. And so this was like around like August that I met this guy on a dating app. We went on a date. And I I had this thing, the fog afterwards where I was like, I can't decide if that was good or not. Like, I, I can't decide. Like, nothing went wrong. And so I was relieved. But I'm like, wait, did I like feel a connection with him? Like, did I even feel like this could be something special? I don't even know. And so, I mean, I hope, I mean, that's kind of like brutal to say, but like, I'm sure other, I mean, I know people go through this, like on both sides of the you know, of the the line, the guys and the girls and the girls and the girls and the guys and the guys, everyone experiences this. Anyway, so I had this experience, felt like it was a fog and I convinced myself two and a half years ago, oh, you know, if it wasn't great, it was bad basically. And so I distanced myself from this person. And now we're sitting here in 2021, two and a half years later. I think it's two and a half. I'm bad at math. Our paths have crossed again, guys, myself and this person. And we are giving it another go. So second date, two and a half years later, I will keep you guys posted. But I'm just, I'm trying to figure out if this post-date fog like is something that like everyone feels and if there's something deeper there. Maybe I'm just like so overwhelmed with the date and the emotions and everything's running high that I just like can't see clearly. But it is so possible to have this fog, I feel like, um, and not really know, like, was it good or was it just not bad? Like, I I don't know. And it's the opposite of not bad good or is it just not? I don't even know. Anyway, those are my thoughts. That's like my unfiltered, just like, here's what the heck is in my brain. Um, wish me luck on this second date. <laughs> and yeah, guys, that is it for this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this little series we had with the dating apps situation. Um, I, I really just like to talk candidly about these things. I felt like it wasn't extremely structured this episode, but I kind of like it that way. So let me know what you guys think. Let me know your thoughts on all of these subjects. I really look forward to seeing your DMs about the podcast. So definitely check it out. My Instagram is always linked in the show notes. Um, and while you're down there, make sure you subscribe, followed based on the app you're on and make sure you don't miss an episode. So Anyway, that is it for this week. I will talk to you guys all next Thursday. Bye. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%.